Hi everyone, this is Harrison Goodale, co-founder of Sustain Music and Nature, and you are listening to Songscapes. The song is Sky of Gold, the lead single from Greg Hill's upcoming record, Born Liar. Charles Coplin and Greg are good friends, so you'll hear a range of topics from discussing how a certain place can influence songwriting to, well, this first opening question from Charles. So... You're 60 and you act your age. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> oh my God, what a, what a first question. Um, you know, I think it's important to in, embody uh, the times and be honest about what it is. I just feel like we live in a culture that just, you know, grandizes and idolizes youth so much, especially in music. It all churns and I don't know. I just feel like the things that I have to say are appropriate for my age. And, um, but I also think I've learned a lot. I have gray hair and I know a couple of things. And I, I think it's like a good kind of North star for me to remain honest and, um, you know, realize that in a world where I'm moving through it all the time, where every, everything seems to need to be young, that, you know, older folks have something to give. And I think it's connected too to my spiritual community. You know, I just spent a couple of weeks out at the monastery. It's a whole different world when you're inside there where, you know, people look to um, folks that have some experience and have learned some things um, and are are willing to, you know, sit together and, and listen to each other. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's about it i guess i want to stay my age i'm not i i feel good about it so then staying with that how do you think your music has changed over the years because you've been recording music since the 90s so how, how how how's your music evolved if if it has yeah i think um it's evolved um lyrically you know, I think when you're writing all the time, um, you tend to get a little bit better with your um, with your play on words and and how deep uh, the meaning goes in what you're writing. Um, but I don't know. I think in the one sense, it's changed that I've come a little bit away from rock and roll. I've gone a little bit more towards country and folk. So just tonally. Um, I've gotten into, um, you know, better amps, better instruments, better uh, means of recording. Um, so in that sense, it's changed. It has, it has been a while since I've had a record. Do you think you, you recently moved to New Orleans? It's such a musical city. How much do you think being down there has influenced your your music and your songwriting? Tremendously, tremendously. Um, it's such a great place to be, Charles. It's such a great place to be for music. Um, I met this guy. There's this, we live by the bayou on Bayou St. John and our, our house looks right by it. So folks are always coming to go. I met this one kid on the bayou who plays old time music. This is right after I moved here. 
he said, well, if you want to get famous, go to L.A. or New York or Nashville. But if you want to get good, come to New Orleans. And that really stuck with me because there's so many gigs here. You can play all the time. You'll never get rich, but you can just play and you can just, you know, woodshed everything in front of people, with people. So there's that part of it, of the opportunities that you have down here. And then there's the whole part of it where there's something in the water, you know, as they say, that really brings it out in you. Um, so that's another another really big part of it. But I think the biggest part of it for me coming from New York and moving down here from New York is that there's just a freedom here. No one cares. You know, you are in the grocery store at three o'clock on a Wednesday and someone in front of you is in some crazy costume or doing something. No one even looks. It's just a town full of artists and there's just a freedom here, um, you know, to be your to be yourself and and um, to just really explore things and try on different um, ideas and express them to people that are listening and may give you some feedback, you know. Um, so I, I could never be doing what I'm doing now if I had stayed in New York. For me, that would have been impossible. I felt really constrained there. Um, and things just got really free when I got down here. It just, it just doesn't matter. You know, it's the big lazy <laughs> as they big say, lazy. but at the same time, I'm not a New Orleans person. You know, there's a community of New Orleans musicians here and, you know, I, play with a lot of folks. I would play with a lot of folks that have been playing here a long time. And I'm definitely a part of what's happening here in the very small, you know, Americana country folk scene. Um, it's not that big of a community here. So you kind of know everyone in it. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm an outsider and you always will be, you know, you have to be born and raised here and brought up in this music to be really in that community. And that's okay. I, it's important for me um, that those, those folks who have worked so hard and have been a part of this community for so long, uh, it's important for me that they know that I respect that and I don't see myself as a part of that or co-opting it in any way at all. So I'm trying to coalesce, um, kind of the way you create and there's the spiritual side which you mentioned earlier and there's the kind of nomadic side and then there's the maturity or the the aging uh which wisdom comes with aging you also spend a lot of time in the car driving across the country and so i'm curious how the and this is what this podcast is about how the different sort of environmental connections, which are part of this country, change as you go from one part of the country to the other, and you're looking out the window and you're waiting for the muse. Can you talk a little bit about how the external environment has affected your internal process in terms of being an artist? Uh, yeah. The last year, the, the COVID year, I put 20,000 miles on my car. From New Orleans, I drove back and forth to LA twice with some side trips, spending some time um, in Joshua Tree and 
uh, trip to Slab City because there's a song on the record, um, the new record that comes out um, January 14th called Born Liar. So one of the songs on that record is called Slab City. And I think to answer your question, how it affects it, I think that's a really good song to look to because it's about the space. It's about the the movement of the air and just the dry heat in the dust as a metaphor for so much of what is happening in American life today, where people feel, you know, stressed to the end, depressed, put out, not knowing where the answers are. There's a feeling of a lot of my friends and, and certainly me, um, where we just don't know what's going to happen next. It doesn't seem like the opportunity is there. And so that's coming through in that landscape for me. And those stories come through out of that landscape. So much of the record, Born Liar, is influenced by that South and far Southwestern landscape. You know, whether it's Slab City or um, or Sky of Gold, um, it's anyway. These songs are all about that open, open space and you'll see a lot of that art, like the mood board that was put together for this record. There's so many pictures of, of just the West, you know, and lonely roads and open deserts and abandoned um, things, whatever they are, the abandoned things of man, um, which I think we'll see a lot more of. And then the, the weird flip side to that is the, so the, I want yeah, to take you sort of, out of your car for a second and this could be really at any point in your life it could have been over the last year during the pandemic and your writing of the album could have been when you were five years old i don't even want to preset this but i ask all my guests do you have a favorite public lands moment where you were just out in nature and it just was one of those i'm completely present and i i will never forget what is what i'm experiencing at this moment yeah, that that for me is Ring Around the Moon. And it's the final song on the record, and it's all about City Park. So, so much of my music right now is being influenced by City Park. Folks who don't know, City Park is the big park that's in the middle of New Orleans. It was made by the same designer who did Central Park in New York. Um, it's about the, equal to the size of Central Park, but they're very different because there's a lot of money in New York and City Park in New Orleans, only about half of it's developed. A lot of it is still just wild. It's nothing. And in that park are trees, six, seven, eight hundred year old live oak trees. And they are a couple blocks from my house. So I'm walking through those oak trees pretty much every day. I mean, it's it's an if I'm in town, I'm probably gonna be walking through those trees and you know, some of us really think that these are living beings and they have a wisdom unto themselves and and that we can gain from that wisdom just by being among these ancient beings and walking through them. It can fill one with a sense of calm and a sense of connection and in a sense of just time, um, make you feel that everything's okay. And so like a lot of folks in COVID, I got really depressed. I went through a very hard time. And that's where the record was born of that. And a lot of that real depression 
was playing out under those trees and uh you know in the park so it it profoundly affects the way that i write um and uh yeah and it's really fascinating to me too because so much of it is in that wet humid damp park um it seems to always be wet even in the winter and then just the dry landscape of the west so you really see that in the title you know in the first single of the record sky of gold where it's you know you're it's a, the character is just dying in a field somewhere dark and dusty but then it ends up in tennessee which is you know i think of as green and lush or um you know so it's it's a play on both of those landscapes for me because i i was leaving this humidity all the time to that dry feeling of the west yeah i grew up in miami and i i know that New Orleans humidity, that that Florida humidity, it, it's it's so oppressive, and it takes on, it really seeps into your bones, just like the cold does, or just like the dryness of the West does. So, I get the juxtaposition, and it's interesting that you kind of throw all that into the mix. On the it's a on character, the yeah, it's a character yeah. in itself. It has a life form. It's just on you, and there's just this beauty and mystery and you can see where all like the voodoo comes from <laughs> a lot of the tradition here because there's something in it you know it feels living broke down and disarranged certain times are stay with us more from greg hill and charles copland after the break Ever wonder why conservation messaging has such a hard time reaching people? So did we, and that's why we started Sustain Music and Nature. We take a celebratory approach, showcasing the beauty of public lands through music. Music reaches everyone. Our mission is to make music a force for nature. When you watch one of our National Park music videos or attend a concert out on the trails, our goal is for you to be inspired to enjoy and support these at-risk areas. Public lands belong to all of us, and music is the perfect way to bring this message to everyone. Consider a one-time donation or join our Patreon to help us create exciting programs and musical collaborations that celebrate and protect public lands for all. You can make music a force for nature. Learn more at sustainmusicandnature.org. Welcome back, and you are listening to Songscapes. We've heard a bit from Greg about the spiritual connections to nature and the influence of New Orleans on his songwriting. With the latest single now out, Charles asks about the business side of the release. Was was there a a conscious decision to release Sky of Gold as the new single? Like what 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 why that song first? Uh, well, I think part of it is, you know, I don't have a lot of, I've done a lot of writing. I've done a lot of recording. Um, I have not done a lot of releasing and doing all the things that you need to do to release a record. 
that's not a part of my life experience. But now with, you know, I've basically been working in Nashville now for, you know, almost four years and in learning and meeting people. So when the record was done and it was recorded in Nashville by Neil Capolino, great producer. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I just felt like, well, let's do everything right. Cause the record is, it's really fantastic. It has some great players on it. You know, Kenny Vaughn plays on it. Shane Terrio plays on it. Anders Osborne, Ron Block plays a great part. You know, Ron Block, one of the best banjo players in the country, Union Station. So there's some really great players on it. And I felt like it was really worth it to put the record out. And then, you know, you find out right away, well, I don't have a lot of the basic infrastructure that needs to exist. So I got with some other management people, fortunately, and now we're doing everything we can to get the record out. So the real truth of that matter is I think Sky of Gold is, you know, one of the more accessible songs on the record. And pretty much everyone in that business kind of circle around me was like, Sky of Gold, dude, do that. So I'm like, all right, great. We'll do a single and then we'll do the record. But I think it works really well as a single. I really like it. And it's been fun. It's getting on some radio stations now and starting to get some momentum. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and also, obviously, always that kind of duality for an artist, which I'm very used to from doing this podcast and even doing some shows with some icons, that sort of art versus commerce thing, which is always tricky. So I, I, I give you, uh, I give you a lot of credit for trying to navigate that. I, oh, it's horrible. Blessings it to anyone doing it. Bless yeah, you. it is. It's, 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 it's really hard to, <laughs> so hard. yeah, it is. Cause your ego gets in the way and your expectations oh. get in the way, but you got to do it. Cause you want, you've worked really hard on something and you want it to be, to be shared and you're proud of it. And so I, I try to tell myself and other artists not to feel icky about uh, marketing your stuff. Cause if you're not going to do it, nobody else is. Yeah. I want to hit you up with uh, a quote of yours. I want you to talk about this quote ancestry with an unfilled craving for understanding. And you said it. So now, now I want you to talk about it. What's well, behind that's that my... quote? I don't think I can really understand my, and this is my own personal experience. I don't think this is universal, but I, I think I really have gained in my life by doing a deep dive to try to understand my lineage. You know, we talk all the time about, oh, he's got his uncle's eyes or, you know, oh, he's got his mother's hair, but no one ever says, oh, you got your uncle's anger, <laughs> you know, or, you know, he's got his. He's got his aunt's resentment, you know, it's like we put, we put it to the physical traits, but we don't always put it to the more important attributes that are handed down to us. And, um, for me, this journey, um, you know, the last 10 years or so is really just understanding how my mind works and how my reactions work and my perceptions and how I see things. And so the ancestral journey for me has been huge, especially because I got some deep shit 
going on in my family tree. And there's another record coming up that's about that. Not this record, but the next record or the one after that is going to is going to be about that. Well, then then I'm going to have you on again. But I, I, I do I do want to ask you a question about your ancestry because your website has a link to a book written by an author named Sean Flynn. And if I read this correctly, you are you connected somehow to Henry Hill of Goodfellas gangster no, fame talking about anger? I don't know anger. what that is. I don't know what that link is that you're talking about. All right, no, you got to go. Not connected to it all. Okay, you got to go on is. your website then and check it out. I've I've hmm. done you a service here that you got to go. Okay. So we're not going to go yeah, down the road of of being related to Henry Hill, which is probably a good thing, but you do have a group, I guess, that you perform with called Hilly, which does seem to be about your family. That well, one's true, right? That's not a mistake. That is very true. I have three kids and they're all awesome musicians and um, and uh, artists, not professional. One of them's a professional artist, the other two. But they're all just extremely talented. My, my son is a great musician and my two daughters sing. My daughter, Jessica, sings on two songs on this record and um and i'm thankful that she did it it probably would have been easier for me to get madonna than to get her um, but it all worked out negotiations were complete and she showed up and we just have a great blood harmony so hilly that you're talking about that's that's something if i can cajole the kids into doing it that we we sing and play together and um it's great because we all we all sing well together and you know you get the blood harmonies going and there's just nothing like that and jesse on on this record born liar she sings on born liar and when you die you're dead and she she has just an incredible voice yeah there's something it's interesting you bring that up because i remember uh watching something with my favorite sort of quotable character in the world, Noel Gallagher, who was just saying that the harmony that brothers have, whether it's Noel and Liam or Ray and Dave or, you know, whoever, it's just something really yeah. unique and magical to Bee Gees. And that's the same thing with fathers and daughters and sons. And, and you know, I don't have any of your musical talent, but I know that sort of feeling when I sing with my son. And I also know how difficult it is to negotiate with your kids <laughs> to try and get them to do anything. So I hope you made a good deal. Uh, if Madonna was the the sort of baseline, I hope you made a good deal with, uh, with Jesse. Um, well, Neil I, helped me a lot. He's like, do you pay her? <laughs> yeah. Have you tried paying her? I'm like, Oh, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. idea. Come on. And speaking on behalf of fathers, <laughs> I don't think you have to pay your kids. I think they can show up and do a session for you. Um, now, you're, we're talking about art. You're also a sculptor. I don't know if you're still actively doing it, but I'm just curious like where that fits into your whole oeuvre. Um, I'm not actively making sculpture right now since I moved. Uh, to New Orleans. I don't have a studio here. So for the past three and a half years, I have really not been um, making sculpture, but um, I still have sculpture available. You know, you can find my work in the Loft Atlases in LA and Marsha Wood Gallery in Atlanta, really good relationships with both those galleries. So I'm hoping one day soon, um, you know, we'll do another show of sculptures. I have some ideas but probably not 
anytime soon. I mean, my next record's not only written, but half recorded. And, and the record after that is, um, is, you know, the one about my family ancestry that's completely written that I, I was shopping in Nashville for a couple of years and got pretty close to doing, um, uh, deal with it, but it all fell apart with COVID and that that's where this record came out. So that that's kind of on the shelf. So I really, my aspirations over the next three, four years are, you know, to play live a lot more. Um, I'm really looking to play out as much as I can and then to make the two more records. I mean, I have a really good band in Atlanta or um, in Nashville with really good people and we all love to play together. Um, we're playing at um, the five spot in Nashville on January 11th. Um, so that's the next time we'll be playing together. And then hopefully some shows after that in Chicago, New York, and LA, just more showcase type shows. It's also interesting to me from a creative perspective, we'll move on from the sculpture stuff because you're not doing it at the moment, but it's like going from the solitary nature of songwriting and doing sculpture to now collaborating with other musicians and artists. And it seems like whether it's your family or whether it's the other musicians, you're getting a great deal of joy. Um, and as well as obviously productivity around working with, with other folks. So that's, that's kind of seems what's, such a what's joy, such a joy. It's hard sculpting being by yourself. Day so, but I, day. now I'm going to pivot back to you being by yourself because it's interesting I recently saw Dylan and oh. um, I, I'm sure he's an influence of yours. Um, and well, I know he's an influence of yours because I was poking around on your Instagram and you were at a spiritual retreat out West and you posted uh, a really lovely, I encourage people to go, go to your Instagram and watch it um, rendition of every grain of sand and Dylan's closing his, he's doing the same set list every night, but he's closing his shows with every grain of sand. So I just thought oh, that was kind of a that. unique coincidence. Oh, wow. Oh, I'd love to see that. Where'd you see him? I saw him at uh, the Cap in Portchester. He's doing his oh, kind of Northeast nice. swing and he's great. He's really in great voice and the band's great and um, you know, Dylan's always hit or miss. I find when you go see him, mm -hmm. but this was one Absolutely. of the better times I've seen him. Cool. He obviously has a difficult time choosing a set list because of so much, you know, so much material. And like I said, he's doing the same set list every night. Um, it's mostly the new record, which is great, but for some reason he chose to do every grain of sand to close his show. And I just thought that was such an interesting coincidence based on what I saw on your Instagram. So, um, yeah. Channeling you somehow. Love, love that song. Love that song. And I love playing in the meditation hall because just has such a great echo in there. Um, so to that point, you know, I, I'm going to hit you up with another quote. Obviously, there's a great deal of spirituality in your life. You, you've, in doing my research on you, you, you were running a meditation center for a while. You just did the sojourn out west. You have a quote that says, you confront delusion with the penknife of karma. 
you're gonna have to you're gonna have I to break that one I didn't down write for that us. but I didn't what? write that Jack Leamy oh. wrote that he's a he's an artist in San Francisco a painter it's and, funny uh, when I when I interview people and I hit them with quotes they're always like did I say that I didn't write <laughs> yeah, that that's not, yeah, yeah I but didn't here's the deal I'm not letting you I'm not letting you off the hook here's why it's on your website on your I know. page I, I so like it this. is it is it is as my old boss used to say and i'm not saying you're definitely saying this but it's a poor worker who blames his tools you sign right. up for that quote you need to tell me I why did, that but i think the answer is really obvious it's the same answer i gave to the other i mean karma is just ancestry and lineage you know of one's own and you know it, i it, who's more delusional than me i don't know i'm sure someone is in in the pen knife meaning it's like you get really specific and i've gotten really specific in looking at you know the the sorrow the hurt the anger the joy that i am you know propagating and bringing down again and again and again through many lifetimes in my life so that's what the quote means you know i i think it's really straightforward and i again all of to me a lot of art it's like it looks like a moonwalk it's like it looks like i'm going forward but i'm walking backward all the time it's always a journey upstream to figure out something and the good songs the good sculptures you know the good art it 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 comes from an exploration of going back going deeper and deeper all the time so you know i'm sure that's why jack wrote that you know because it's uh it's really true and and to get really specific on it that's where the gold is you know not the gold because you have some great content or some output but the gold because you've really learned something that hopefully in my case would be a little bit transformative and make you you know a, a more reasonable or kinder person a more empathetic person you know so we've talked about your art your family your spirituality and your age so when we reconvene and do this podcast in 10 years and you're now 70 and you're acting your age what do you want 70 to look like for greg hill in terms of your art and your relationship with the world, both the natural world and your fellow man? Where, where do you want to be? What's, what's happiness, peace of mind, success, or discontent, or challenges? What's 70 looking like for you now? What Project 10 years, where do you want to be? Uh, well, I, I mean, I would like for the world to have figured out some basic problems that humanity has to figure out. That would be first and foremost, because I think if that doesn't happen, that 10 years from now is going to look wildly different than today. Um, you know, so if that were able to happen as an artist, I there's just things I want to get done musically. You know, I really want to do some great shows. I have a great band. We're trying to get better venues, trying to get out there and play. The band really wants to play. So 10 years from now, I'd like to look back on some really great live shows. I want to get these two records that I have coming up done. I would love to get this record's uh, Born Liar um, out there as, as much as I can. And there's months more of, you know, promoting it and working on it. And 
um, just to do honor and service to all those that have participated in this project, especially, you know, Neil who produced it and the players on it. You know, I feel um, a good sense, a healthy sense of responsibility um, for all of them and, you know, to be the leader of that. And so if I can get that solidified, I get all this infrastructure now that's kind of mostly in place and then, you know, do the other two records in 10 years, I would really like to look back and feel secure that there's just this base of output and there's this base of work now that's there and that um, hopefully folks will enjoy it and connect to it. It doesn't have to be a lot of folks, but I hope some folks who need it um, find it as they are now more and more. And, um, you know, that there's some folks that really connect with, with the stuff I'm writing and making. Again, it doesn't have to be a lot, just a few. Just a few so before really we go, like I, I asked all my guests this question. Um, it could be your song. It could be somebody else's song. There's no right or wrong answer. Um, you could have more than one answer. What is the song that comes into your head when you identify with nature? Well, I think we just said it's, ring around the moon and those trees for me right now. But that, um, I guess if I can expand on that, and I hope folks like ring around the moon, Shane Terrio plays an incredible lead solo on it. It's just, it's the virtuosity is, is, is insane. He's, he's one of the better guitar players in the country and certainly one of the best ones in New Orleans, which is saying a lot. Um, but that song is really a branch on the tree back to Dylan of, um, Man in the Long Black Coat from Oh Mercy. Great song. You know, New Orleans love. album. New Orleans right, album, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I drive by the house where they made it. I'll go out of my way just to drive by and go, that's the house where they made Oh Mercy. Um, but and yeah. Lamb so, Law, right? Lamb Law yeah. produced that? Yeah. yeah and that's, that's what Chronicles what is based on. All right, we're going down the yeah. rabbit hole here. Go ahead. Sorry. Right. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that I think that's it. That's the whole answer. That That would be the song. I would encourage anyone who comes to New Orleans, you know, get out of the French Quarter, walk around City Park, you know, walk around the Garden District, get into the trees. Greg Hill is on a journey exploring the connections between the spiritual and natural world. Whether he is making music with his band, family, or as a solo artist, his music is his way of sharing some of what he's learned along the way. The new record, Born Liar, is out January 14th, so be sure to check out his website, greghill.com, for tour dates and news. Songscapes is a production of Sustain Music and Nature. If you like this program, please subscribe, write a review, and give us a follow on our socials at Sustain Music and Nature. If you want to make a donation or are just interested in learning more about what else we do, check out our website at sustainmusicandnature.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, see you out on the trail. If he weren't already dead, if he weren't already dead, and I told my mom she'd see that preacher.